You're listening to Raising Anchor, a Rhode Island FC podcast. We're glad you're here. Hello and welcome to Raising Anchor, your podcast and source for all things Rhode Island FC. I'm your host, Matt Entrican, and with me, as usual, the indelible co-host, Jason Carey. Jason, how are you doing? Not too bad. That's definitely an adjective. I almost forgot to do one as I read that out, so you almost finally got back to just normalcy there. I, I, I literally, I'm not even sure indelible is an appropriate word to use to describe you. Who knows? Maybe. We'll look it up later in the dictionary. <laughs> One day I'll get back. We'll get back normal, Jason. But today you've got indelible, Jason. So how you doing? Uh, doing pretty good. Um, I just noticed the episode count here, and I simultaneously think that's like too low, but also not enough. We've been doing this a long time. Been doing this a long time. You know, it's interesting. Uh, I mean, there's a couple episodes that the, the listeners have been alluded to that they'll never hear unless they get on that eventual Patreon, which I don't I don't know if we'll put those on there. I don't even know if we'll do the Patreon yet, but there's also what they don't know is, is we pre-record for 10 to 30 minutes beforehand, so we've put a lot of miles into these microphones. Yeah, I guess there is a lot of record time that maybe doesn't always make it. Some lost episodes, some some little nonsense here, even, even stuff just during the regular pod that just maybe gets uh, put on the chopping block. I'm I'm glad that you say chopping block because the amount of times I have to listen to this over and over to make edits, uh, it's embarrassing how unprofessional we are at times still to this day. So we really need to get working on to where we can just record and, and post and not have to, to do the many cuts and the many stumbles through pronunciations and, and other things of that nature. I'm trying my best out here, but, you know, at, at, through the meta, I still don't know how to read, you know? We're going to get there one day, buddy. But it's okay, because guess what? I found out you don't need to read for this awesome job opportunity that we are going to go see, since we're recording a little early, we're going to go see it this weekend. But for the listeners, this is a flash forward in time. Uh, Rhode Island FC's Got Mascot Talent Open Tryouts. Do you know uh, what kind of form they've got for this? I see. So I, so I don't know all of the details. I, I am assuming that there will be people not in costume that will be just like running around like cheerleaders in front of a lucky number of season ticket members who will be selected to participate in actually deciding the future mascot that will be joining the team. Because one, I think if they show the mascot to even a handful of like 10 fans, either everyone has to be under NDA when they, they do this, or they're going to announce like immediately uh, Saturday on the uh, on the morning on the 21st, they're going to announce the mascot because at that point they know that they can't trust the fans to keep their mouths shut. So either listeners, when you hear this, we were right or they had another plan for announcing it. I think you'll see probably just people just showing up and like being in normal, you know, quote unquote human form. But what's crazy to me and what I'm the most excited to see is it's like this is kind of actually really metal when you think about it because <laughs> if these if the fans get to vote for the person to win and the organization truly allows it to be a fan vote these people are interviewing for their lives 
for their for their income <laughs> with just like ten fans that are making this decision, and that is super cool. Like I am, it's just rad that this is something that's going to happen. Uh, I don't know if the club realizes that. I don't know if the fans are going to understand the uh, magnitude of making this kind of decision. But um, I think it's a little bit more than just this person in a costume and like going, oh, that was really fun or that was really silly, the thing that they just did. I'll be curious if anyone tries to come in like with their own kind of costumes or like... Oh, like I was the previous or, like Oregon Ducks mascot <laughs> in, a, in a prior life. Or Go even Ducks, not Go. just that, just like kind of like ridiculous outfit and maybe even a prop or two, you know? If we had more time, I'd, I'd love to like show up with a bunch of... Um, like signs for you know for like rating them, but none of them make any sense. Like you know, I gave you a hot dog. <laughs> the next one is this is popcorn, something like that. So I I ordered uh, a prototype of the mascot T-shirt based on the last time we talked about mascots. Um, I fully intend to wear that uh, to us nice. going. Now we're not going as winners of the mascot trial. We have no vote. In this, we're simply covering it as media uh, there for the day. So we, we just get to observe and, and share the gospel of Raising Anchor. But it'll be really interesting to see how this shakes out and, uh, and what the, the fans of the club um, get to do. So for those of you that are like, man, I wish I had to have that kind of responsibility and power. If you're not already a season ticket member, you can't play if you're not in the game. So, you know, making sure that you're one of us uh, and, and joining that elite group is going to get your foot halfway in the door there. Yeah, one of us. One of us. <laughs> so, yeah, so I'm really excited. We'll be able to probably talk about it on the next one, on the next pod, because, you know, again, we I know the costume. I just don't know if that's what we'll see. So really excited about it. We're getting closer and closer to that announcement. It'll probably have already been announced by the time people hear this, but we've got a bunch of partner news and some uh, some interesting mystery that we need to talk about in uh, in today. So uh, do you want to get us started with some of the, the announced vendors and partners that we have with the club? Yeah, so let's jump right into this here. Rhode Island FC is proud to announce the addition of Colette as our corporate partnership family. As we look to open our beautiful stadium in downtown Pawtucket in 2025, it was only natural to partner with a company that has deep roots in Pawtucket with Colette's global headquarters located there for decades. Colette is a family-owned company with over 600 employees and offices in the U.S., Canada, and Australia. It is the longest-running major tour operator in North America with over 100 years of bringing the joy of travel to, cus to its customers. RFC and Colette have shared mission of positively impacting our community. We look forward to working together to elevate this shared mission. So it's interesting. Colette, I've known about them for a while. Uh, in fact, the one of the bartenders uh, at the Guild uh, works at Colette and, you know, side does side hustles as, as a bartender. I'm assuming Colette pays her well, but it's more of just a, you know, she was talking the other day about how she has always enjoyed that job. So we had learned about it a little bit earlier than this announcement, but I think it's awesome. It's, again, one of those things where, you know, they're a tour company, but they obviously have connections with travel alignment. And something we haven't talked about yet on this podcast is what does the future of travel look like for a USL club? I know it at the MLS level, which we're not an MLS podcast, but I, I haven't actually seen what that looks like. We've joked about bus driving a couple of times, but 
New England is definitely a little bit further away when we talk about like the cluster of teams that exist in the league. So I wonder if Colette will be one of those partners that helps assist with travel plans as well as provisioning, you know, when we make our when we make our away day games. It, it's just really interesting if that's part of it. It wasn't announced officially, but curious if uh, if we'll see that happen. Yeah, I think this is definitely um a mutual ben- mutually beneficial relationship here with them also having those those roots in the travel maybe they can kind of help charter RFC like a, like I don't I'm not sure how that works maybe like flights for away days things like that maybe even for fans kind of a similar situation agreed we'll have to see more as they announce what's interesting to me is this partner as well as the other partner we're going to discuss on on the podcast is they weren't they weren't announced through the normal channels that the they've normally been releasing partners as of late these were released on like their LinkedIn bios, their Facebook page, haven't actually seen these officially hit the RhodeIslandFC.com site. So curious, like, does that mean something? Is are they are they lesser partners? We know they're not anchor partners because we've defined what an anchor partner is, but it's just kind of interesting to see what will these partners shape up as. Like, eventually we'll have some sort of pyramid tier of of like importance to the organization, uh, and I'm I'm just kind of curious what that what that shakeup looks like. Yeah, I mean, when you go on a website, you sometimes you find the page that has the sponsorships, and you scroll down, and there's like 26 different companies. I mean, I imagine RFC in, in some form or capacity is going to have a partnership with a lot of different businesses of various scales, being local or like, you know, global. So I, I also wonder, too, if they, you know, as a old man, like I go to websites, but does everyone else still do that? So maybe... The traffic data is showing that they're not getting as many hits on there. So they like just, you know, throw them out on socials. Maybe eventually they'll get like a roundup post on their website to kind of recap some of them. Maybe it's just it's not like a priority at the moment. Not sure. I agree. And um, and so, you know, before we jump into the the other partner, um, because I think there's a fascinating story about how that was announced as well. Uh, I think we also need to just address the elephant in the room, which is the mystery millionaire. Ooh, mystery. We kind of have to identify or at least speculate on who we think that'll be. You know, it was recently announced that in a in a Pawtucket City Council, so not coming from the club directly, that there is a benefactor to Rhode Island FC who has stood up the commitment of funds to successfully guarantee that uh, in case of any kind of emergency or depletion of funds that the stadium completion is 100% been committed to and signed off on in some sort of legal capacity per Jeremy Savage, the uh, lawyer that represents the city of uh, Pawtucket from a council meeting last Wednesday. And, um, you know, what's interesting is this person is like the last line of defense, right? So Johnson, Brett Johnson is still very much the main priority in terms of guarantee but um, with this, you know, quote unquote, bigger fish behind them, they have, you know, the money to support the rest of this development. And I think the person was announced as having like a capital, you know, or, or personal net worth of over $250 million. So they could more than easily handle the, the short gap of anything that's, that, that, that can't be completed for the project. First and foremost, who do we think it is? And do we, do we think it's the mystery uh, entertainer that that Brett Johnson had alluded to in a in a prior interview. Oh yeah, good call. Um, I'm not sure. I think it's interesting now that the um 
we've gotten this far along in the project. I wonder if it's kind of piqued some more people's interest. When they talk about it, when it's been brought up in the past and and you're still kind of building that project, people are kind of like, eh, wait and see. But now that it's starting to materialize and there's actual like tangible stuff is happening, then you know the, the guys with the big bucks are coming out like, okay, yeah, we let's let's get this over the line, make it happen. So then, if I remember right, we speculated the mystery suitor that was the celebratory musical artist was. We said it was Weird Al. So are we gonna are we gonna double down? Does the he Weird have Al? A, I mean, a net worth of two two hundred fifty so million? Maybe. Is there a website we can go to and just start plugging in calculations on net worth? Because if that's the case, I mean, it, the Probably. the article said excess of two hundred fifty million, but usually what that means is they have like two hundred fifty one million dollars, right? <laughs> yeah, that's or like close to that. If that doesn't exist, did we just come up with a million dollar idea and are sharing it on a public podcast? Possibly. Is that? I mean, it would just. People would do it, honestly. If people spend time understanding what celebrities ate, what they are like drinking, what they wear, they will also want to know how much money they have in their bank accounts. So I, think I feel like this probably exists already if just aggregate data from like Wikipedia or something. You're the data guy for this podcast. Why didn't you do the research ahead of time? You're <laughs> failing me and you're failing our listeners. You know, I, I had <laughs> ice cream to eat. Priorities win every time. Um, but having said that, jokes aside, I think this is fantastic. Like you said, it does really shut up anyone that has made complaints or made accusations against the organization um, in regards to, you know, oh, we're right on the, the knife's edge of, sure, we can get X amount of dollars, but then that that could dry up and then we're right back to, to being at risk. So I, I think this is the kind of like slam dunk in all of the development news. I mean, we've seen now posts on the daily of the stadium's um, accelerated build and design. Someone is now posting either daily or weekly updates since the stadium has started to go vertical. So people are getting into it, and there's nothing but you know success from that standpoint. What I do want to make sure for listeners that they can hear is, I thought it was really interesting, the Providence Journal were the group that broke the article, and they reported that the confirmed dollar amount for the stadium project was at $137 million. And a lot of really smart listeners reached out to me and said, hey, like that number doesn't align with what we've been told. You know, Is that just another adjustment for inflation? I reached out to the club, uh, and the club confirmed they don't know where Providence Journal got that dollar amount from. Um, they have not released any additional numbers publicly to anyone that that was the cost. So they they don't it sounds like to me that they don't believe that that was reported correctly but you know they also were first to admit that uh it you know it just depends on what would you know been would have would have been shared with someone and so they couldn't quickly confirm or or kind of deny but their their general impression was is that the 124 million dollars still remains the accurate piece i thought that was interesting cuz like you'd think like right away they would say like well yeah we know what that 13 million dollars is accounted for so that leads me to think that they, you know, it is the $124 million stadium cost and not this number that's been injected or boosted up to $137 million. Because, you know, $13 million, maybe that's the player salary. That's the cap we're going to work with and we're going to be like at MLS level. A lot of times when these numbers get reported on, on various websites or news articles uh, talking about football, soccer type stuff, they they often get like slightly corrected later on. So I don't know if they just got an initial like kind of estimate i know but i just love that you casually agreed that we're gonna have 13 million dollars for our roster build when we both know it'll be like 1.3 million dollars oh no we're we're going all in baby (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> we're going to take out additional loans on the stadium for the players to win the cup. That's 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 how you do it. So yeah, so I'm excited. I think it's going to be nothing but positive, you know, wins from this this moment on and we've seen a lot of the haters online. They've been they've been getting quiet. The more success we seem to display, the 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 haters kind of keep dropping in uh, in decline. So I can say what's really interesting for the position of this podcast is that we have the chance to interview Mayor Grebian. Obviously, he's not going to name names, but you know maybe he can kind of give some more light. So that'll be exciting to hear. So you know we've talked about one vendor tonight. Uh, one we've talked about one partner, I should say, tonight. But I think we have uh, another uh, exciting announcement in our in our club's partner allocation do you want to do you want to drop something some knowledge on the listeners yeah so we've got a food partnership here rhode island fc and california taco shop are teaming up to bring you the best soccer and some seriously tasty mexican food i cannot wait for this california taco shop is quickly uh conquering the state of rhode island they have i think like a billion shops now in the state I know they have at least more than five. I see them, sometimes they're like planned, like I go to those destinations and sometimes like, oh, they just popped up another one. This is excellent. I, what I wanted to talk to you about those, did you, what I wanted to talk about you, <laughs> I love it. Um, did you see how they announced themselves as a partner for Rhode Island FC? Yeah, that, that was interesting. I, I, I caught it when it was get shown up on the Discord and then it was not the usual link tree and you go back and it's, well, this is not taking me to their website. Right, but did you see the video that they did for themselves? No, I just I saw the, the screenshot with them holding the flag. I didn't see there was a video. I'll, oh, have, to, I'll have to watch that. You have to watch the video. They did a, they did a FIFA Ultimate Team unlock video. So the, the badge spun, and then the, the gold banner came in, and then they did, like, Flavor 99, Deliciousness 99, like tacos 99 and then the california taco guy and the sombrero just popped up on the screen and you know it was it was well done i i i they already make great tacos now they're also making great promos you uh you can't hate you can't hate on a vendor that takes their orientation and joining of our club seriously so i am in we talked about hot wieners but you know what i'm now tacoing about tacoing a lot of uh tacoing about tacos so i don't want to start a war but how do you define a taco? I mean, if the strict definition of a taco is what, like two small tortillas, preferably corn, meat, onions, maybe cilantro, and then from there, I mean, you know, I like to put, you know, the hottest hot sauce I can find on top of that. Like the surface of the sun. Yeah. Like I'll regret my life decisions. Okay. That's, I mean, that's the, well, minus the hot sauce. That's the correct answer. Uh, I don't want to start a war. We already, I already got a little too passionate on the Discord. I will say that gourmet tacos and artisan tacos have their place. And if you like those, that's fine. As long as we acknowledge that what you just described is the superior and required OG. And like, you know, that's the staple. Um, if you're one of the really weird people that thinks the Taco Bell style taco of lettuce, cheese, tomatoes, and sour cream, it's also the shell that's that's. Like oh, and it's in a hard shell. Yeah. We call it, yeah. Catch me in the DMs. We're gonna have some conversation, and you're gonna get banned. That's. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you can still listen to the podcast, but I'm gonna ban you and everything else. So, um, but we're not we're not we're not gonna go any further than that. I I will say that I think it is a great. 
play by the club to get a um, a taco vendor. I can't think of another soccer organization that I've been to that had a had a Latin or Mexican food shop. Like they have offerings. Like everyone loves to put crappy nachos in their stadium design. But the fact that we're getting California taco, heck yes. To, do you think this means that we can get California taco at the game? I that well, so that's the weird thing, right? Is they didn't announce that. I don't know if this is just like them feeding the front office and the players, which I hope they don't, because I think if our players are fueled completely by California tacos, mm. we aren't going to be as competitive as we'd like. Um, <laughs> but having said that, like it hasn't been completely announced. It may be a 2025 thing where they they set up shop with a uh, with a, a you know a uh, what do you call it a, an established like uh, vendor station inside the stadium. I've never seen a California taco like mobile vendor trailer or like food truck. I've never, never seen those in the wild. Now Maybe one exists. Right, right. And and so either way, I'm excited. Um, what I'm hoping is they recognize us as the unofficial, official podcast of the club they're partnering with and we start getting discounts on tacos. Then oh, we can start our weekly taco cast episodes. California Taco, if you want to get sponsored, <laughs> this is the first sell. I'm Let's talk shop. It doesn't have to be in money. It can be in tacos. But having said that, before we move on, what's your favorite taco? Like meat-wise? I mean, or just it can be whatever you want, but it, you know, this be careful. This could break this podcast right now. I like their birria tacos. Those are pretty good. Carnitas is pretty good, too. You're just saying every word that you can say really like correctly, because I noticed you chose all the ones you can roll your R's on. No, I, I, carne asada as well. You, uh, you just are doing this on purpose. Now, pick one. Do you like the... Pastor? Ever since it's been like the popular thing in the zeitgeist to everyone's like, yo, birria, that's, you know, they have it. I'm going to try it. All right. So let's jump on. So anyways, but California Taco, super excited that they're coming in. Really, really cool that they're going to be a part of this. Can't wait to find out more about that relationship. Um, but switching gears, got merchandise to talk about, but not in the way we thought we'd be talking about it. So we kind of estimated by now that we'd hear more about the like official kit launch, and, and we'll share a little bit about that at the very end of today's episode. And then we also, for the season ticket members who have been receiving the emails, there was an announcement of a new line of fall merch. But if you look on the website right now at RhodeIslandFC.com, they have a brand new tank top and t-shirt, which do not scream 50 degree temperature to me at all. Well, the worst part of it, too, is the tank top is a women's tank top. Why don't I, where's my tank top? <laughs> so what you meant to say is the worst thing for me personally, not to say. <laughs> yeah, for me personally. <laughs> if I can't have it, this is the worst I mean, thing in the world. It's it's not... Like you said, it's not the right weather for this anyway. I guess you could layer up with, with the women's. That's, that's definitely a thing they I, do more. I, I don't. I, I mean, you can't layer a tank top. No. I Listen, mm. I feel like they ordered these or they, like, forgot that they were in boxes. Oh, and they should have I don't know. I, I just, it does not make sense to put these out now. But whatever. That's fine. As long as the fall more stuff merch, is on time. Better. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to complain. I'm not going to buy either one of those because we all... I mean, you guys have seen pictures of us on, on the social medias now. We don't need to see me in a tank top um, anytime soon. So having said that, like, okay, great. And if you want to buy them, buy them. 
But what I thought was really interesting is one of the listeners had informed me um, that the, the Traveler mug, which was one of the first pieces of swag that we got, is already off of the Rhode Island FC website. Now, I can tell listeners I saw a few in the front office a week ago, two weeks ago now maybe, um, so I guess five weeks by the time they hear this. Um, but you know, maybe there might be some leftovers that they can go find if they want to visit the the front office shop at at their main headquarters. But uh, that tells me also too scarcity; things are starting to run out. Yeah, um, maybe at some point too, we should ask them. I'm curious if, depending on the popularity of some of these things, will some of them come back? Will they maybe look at doing like you know more runs of them, or is this is everything going to be kind of scarce? Yeah, I mean it's. It's a great question to to ask. You know, what what is the motivation behind it? In fact, I'll go even further and say what will be online and like what will be stadium exclusives because a lot of places too will do a limited run event and bring it only into the stadium where the fans and the people that spend their money, um, you know, really get access to it. So that's a that's a great thing. We'll have to check in with the club uh, at a later date, closer to the the start of the season. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you expect certain things like a jersey. Obviously, once they sell out, they're not going to keep repeating it. But some of these other things, I'd be curious if they're be like staples of the store or do we kind of expect a seasonal rotation of just if you see something in there and you want it, you should just buy it. Yeah, pull the trigger right away. Don't wait. That's that's the best uh best line of defense I can say. I will say in uh, merch from across the league I saw um, Orange County uh, soccer had a collab with the Mighty Ducks. Like, so, so Anaheim is not the Mighty Ducks anymore, and sometimes I forget that. They're just the Ducks. But somehow they got the permission to use the, the Ducks logo from the hit Disney movie series, and they have a, a, an OCSC Mighty Ducks collaboration. So it's a soccer ball with their trophy, their, uh, their, their league-winning uh, star, and then it's the Quack Attack mask and i'm not i mean i'm not a fan of ocsc obviously but like i am a fan of the mighty ducks for, and i wanted I, I wanted to buy it but everything in my body said don't don't you dare touch opposite team swag like if it's not loyal it's not it's not allowed on you, my body you mean the, the cartoon show where they flew that spaceship that was under the the ring I completely forgot about that until you just said it. So absolutely, were they like yes. Aliens. They were and, alien ducks. And they yeah. had like guns that shot pucks. They shot puck guns. Yeah, yeah. Because you couldn't kill anyone. That, that's not allowed in, in Disney cartoons. I, I actually man. think of that first every time anyone says the Mighty Ducks. I sometimes you don't, I don't think Emilio Estevez first and foremost. The movie, but like it's it's definitely secondary. That you were you were the only person listeners. Does anyone else agree with what Jason just said? I have to know. Like, Emilio Estevez is the first person you should be thinking about, and then it should be Goldberg with the knuckle puck, and then it's the Bash Bros. Like, I, I no, I, I've I don't seen know the who movie, you are anymore. It, just, it, it didn't stick with me. The movie? Sir, there are three major movies, and then I think it went into, like, ten Disney straight-to-DVD or VHS at the time films. Maybe I just saw it too late. I'm know. pretty sure there's more Mighty Duck movies than Rocky movies out there on the planet. So just saying. Probably. But anyways, yeah. So buy the merch when it comes out. So should we jump into player rumors? Want to talk about rumors? rumors? Rumors are boiling. So, I mean, at the time of this release, it's going to be a day or two before tryouts. And then allegedly it should be a day or two before some big announcements come around the kit reveal. 
uh, on top of that. So this coming week from where we're recording is big, big news. So having said that, I feel confident we can start getting a little bit more fun with some of the speculation. We know that there are USL club players that have been signed, and we know that we've already mentioned on a previous episode that they've been attached to clubs that are still in their winning parts of the season. Now, granted, when you're hearing this, we're in the finals this weekend. But having said all that, we haven't talked about any other kind of players with the exception of that international coverage that we shared. So we've been doing some digging, and we've been reaching out to some of our contacts that we've been making outside of the league. And I think it's kind of a fun exercise to talk about a player we've heard potentially attached to Rhode Island FC. And that is one Yuri Russell. So, Jason, what can you tell listeners about Yuri Russell? Well, so he's been around MLS and he's also played in the Portuguese League. Um, I've seen him play a few times myself. Um, I, I would describe him as like almost like a true central midfielder in the sense of like I don't see him he's not a like a def- only defensive midfielder and he's not really only a attack like kind of like a maybe a jack of all trades master of none he's originally from from the Barcelona academy he spent some time in in the Portuguese league he's got an MLS cup who do you win the MLS cup with he spent some time in Sporting Kansas City Wait, Kansas City hasn't won since 2011, 2013, 20... Uh, I don't remember, to be honest. But I know he, the, he's so in MLS. He's played for Sporting Kansas City, Orlando, who hasn't won. And currently he's playing for the Galaxy. The Galaxy are, haven't been good since, you know... Since 20, Bruce Arena? Yeah, yeah, since Bruce Arena. So it's not with them. So yeah, he has he had to have won it with Kansas City. Interesting. I I've seen some of his games. I always like to watch the the Galaxy versus LAFC uh, El Tráfico because I think it's one of the, like the best games in MLS every season. And I've seen him play. It it seems like on that roster he is being positioned more as like a CDM. So you're saying he's naturally more of a like a box to box standard um, central midfielder. So he's listed as a CDM. It's just. The, the few times I've seen him play, I just it's just me. I just don't get the impression. I don't see him as as a defensive midfielder very much. It's just, it's just me. Okay. So do you think he, from what you've seen, do you think he fits you know this possession style play that that coach kind of has alluded to in both his interview and and what we've heard from his style of of tactics from others around the league? Potentially, I I think. Greg Vanny likes possession, so that's what he's got the Galaxy over there doing. So I think that, you know, he potentially could be a, a solid solid pickup. Yeah, I, I, I think that if this is what Coach is going after, uh, the age is right to get, you know, a couple of years out of someone who would be a quote-unquote veteran of the league. Um, I think that that gives him some working depth to choose, you know, a CM or a CDM. Uh, style of, of whatever he needs to fit the cog and pieces in his wheelhouse and uh, I, I think it makes total sense do you by any chance know his salary charge at MLS I know that they announced those around this time do we know can you pull that up uh, so reports here are saying he maybe makes close to uh, 500k um, there's no way he is, would get paid that at yeah. USL so is, is he now in the 
unwind of his career to where he take, I mean, I don't even like six figures. Is that something we would offer a player like that? Yeah, that I don't, I don't know. I mean, at the end of the day, this is just a rumor, speculation. So, like, I, I don't know um, what is where his headspace is, um, what he wants in his career. He's like thirty-one. When I look at like stats and play time from him, he's he spent a lot of time on the bench. He's only made sixteen appearances this year for the Galaxy. I don't know if he's maybe maybe he's had some injuries. I looked at his injury report before I brought this up. He hasn't been injured. He had he had one game that he was labeled as could not play. So so maybe Greg Vaney just doesn't you know see him. Well, that's so okay. So then let's let's have this conversation. Is if he is making five hundred thousand dollars to have sixteen appearances, and he's not really playing like total minutes, he's probably not coming back to the club. For that price tag, I feel like you could get a better bench warmer at a minimum salary charge if you're if you're that team. So now you have to ask in his career, would he step down and take seventy five thousand for the chance to continue playing? Or does he say, like, I'm not going that low, I'll find something else to do with my time? Because I've never made five hundred thousand, but I've also never been told I have to walk away from the sport that I love. So do you think that that's even realistic, or does that money alone just say like this is a player that is un- unobtainable for Rhode Island FC? I, I wonder, um, you know, maybe he might have one or two more suitors in the MLS that he could get another year or two at that like high end salary before if if he decides to come play in the USL at some point, you know, before he makes that. So it's more of a gradual drop. I don't think we would take veterans that are that old at that kind of drop. I feel like it's either kind of a now or never. Like, do you want to play? Do you want to put a year of hard effort in to show someone else that you can compete and you need to get back up and make even more money? Or do you just take that whatever you can get and and ride the bench to retirement kind of effort? I don't don't see... I don't don't know if I agree with what you just said. Well... Yeah, I, I guess it may be a now or never, but at that point, I would say probably never then. I, I don't know. It's hard to say because that's just that's such a big drop-off. And from what we understand from the, the USL, like there's not a lot of players making six figures. Agreed. And that's, that, I mean, that's the beauty of speculation is, is would Yuri Russell do that? And I, I don't, I wouldn't drop. If, if I thought I could get a contract, a bigger bag, even sitting on the bench, at some point, it's like, what do I do about the next chapter of my life? And having that money is important. If he's already won an MLS Cup, even if that was riding the bench or being a part of a youth academy, if it was 10 years ago, um, you know, he, he's got that. He can say that. You know, he's been a champion then. So it'll be really interesting. But um, I, I'll be really curious if there's there's fire behind the smoke of this rumor. We'll have to get some sort of, like, rating scale eventually on player rumors and acquisitions so that we can we can give listeners kind of a grade on where we think you know how serious of a rumor this is if i were to start it now on like a one to five star i would i would definitely put this as like just one star um because one i don't want to share any of the four or five stars that are probably happening and then spoil it for the club um but i would i would put this at a one to two star potential rumor confirmation at this point yeah, I, I guess the one thing I think that's important for players as they um, start to get older, maybe it, it would be contract length too. If 
we were to offer him maybe more than one year, maybe even at a, a significantly less salary, maybe that might be something he would be interested in. I feel so like, like you would... said, it's it's. I don't know what his his mindset is. That's kind of the the key here. I feel like he would have to shop around, see what clubs would pick him up, and then if no one came knocking, he'd like look over and be like, okay. I'll go home with you tonight. <laughs> I, I feel like that's like that's what's in the cards for us. Yeah, and it sucks because like I know USL will always be on the wrong side of um, salary offerings to get that kind of talent, but I hate the idea of being someone's plan B. Yeah, and it's unfortunate. Um, it is what it is now. And until we, we as we continue to grow, maybe those things will change. Great. So maybe we'll see Yuri Russell in the. Uh, Amber and blue in the in the near future. We'll we'll never know, or we will we know? I don't know. Let's find out together. Um, but let's uh, switch gears, get out of this player rumor, and get to something we know we can talk about and can confirm. So, uh, we had a really great question from one of the listeners um, about what do broadcast rights um, look like, and what do the permissions of broadcast rights uh, look like. So I don't even think the club knows that we know this, so that they'll be hearing this for the first time. But we reached out to the USL front office. Um, to understand some more talking points around uh, what broadcasting is and what it isn't for the league. So, uh, you know, they were quick to confirm that the current broadcast partnership with ESPN uh, is actually for all USL Championship and USL League One games. So I actually didn't even know the League One games were a part of that envelope, and they are broadcasted on ESPN+, Plus, in addition to a few linear productions on ESPN2 throughout the year. So, like, some of the bigger games where... Someone doesn't have pluses as a subscription. Um, they put some of those bigger market games on ESPN2, which also includes the finals. So originally we had mentioned that the finals were played on a different set of channels. Well, um, they are on ESPN+, Plus, but they'll also be on ESPN2. So, you know, the main cup final is this weekend. Um, so if you haven't figured out how you can watch it, you can watch it on ESPN2, which, you know, I know like a lot of bars don't have ESPN+, Plus necessarily. So if you want to go out and see it somewhere... If they've got two, they should be playing the game. Um, and then some more interesting information that the uh, front office of the league shared was that you can actually also listen to the games on Sirius XM FC. I, I didn't know um, that you could do that. It's not every game. It's, again, it's some of the biggest games that they have, but they do have specific games on the broadcast channel for that. So that's a really cool thing that they, um, they do in conjunction with the ESPN Plus deal. We reached out and confirmed with the main office that teams are more than welcome to arrange any kind of local linear broadcast deals within their markets. Um, there are already a number of teams that have games affiliated on sports networks, such as CBS and Fox Sport. Um, and so it's really up to Rhode Island FC if they want to negotiate and have that ability to partner with a local media outlet. So there is a very good chance that we could see Rhode Island FC games, but that comes down to a contract decision and organized through the club and not the league office. Now, what I need to do next is research, and I didn't have time to do it today, is to kind of look back and see if Hartford Athletic has done anything in that space to see if they thought that that was a viable strategy or if they've just relied strategically and specifically on the ESPN deal. But, you know, understanding that we have the right to pursue that's really interesting space i don't know if they're interested in doing that you know they may be in a wait and see opportunity for us and say like is this you know viable is this worth it for them um but knowing that we have the permission to do so is where i think it'll be really incredible 
and in a future unlock opportunity that, uh, you know, I'm definitely going to kind of keep my left eye attached on to see where that, that kind of leans off to. Did, did that surprise you at all that we have the ability to pursue something like that? Or, cause like I kind of envisioned that if it's on ESPN plus, they wouldn't want competitive carriers and that we were just, we were stuck to ESPN plus as a deal. A little interesting, you know, you, I think a lot of local teams I know have like cable deals, but then they also have these crazy blackout things, but th this is not something that really more of a soccer thing, but maybe I thought some of those kind of rules and regulations that they, they apply might also work on soccer here in America, but I think it would be interesting move for them. They don't even have um, the revs on there because of the Apple deal, so... Right, right, and so, but maybe, and that, again, though, maybe that's the itch to scratch. That's where I was thinking, right, is that there are people who have vocalized on the MLS side of things that the Apple deal has actually hurt their ability to watch games because they refuse to, you know, get the subscription or participate in Apple, you know, boycotting, all that kind of stuff. So uh, I wonder if this is an unlock for the club. And so I, I think we need to talk to the front office some more about this and understand if they have any idea or if they're going to wait till 2025 for Tidewater. But just, again, the fact that we have it as an opportunity or as, as a choice to pursue, nothing but exciting to, to understand that. So, so more to come on that. Um, and then we did try to sneak in a question about what would the media situation look like for next year because we've heard rumors that the contract is up for negotiation with ESPN. Um, and if, you know, if that would be something that would change the entire structure of, of how the, the entire league operates its uh, televised uh, scenarios. And they could not commit or confirm anything at this time. But they did kind of allude that they're working on a similar deal to have all the games available on a digital platform. So what was really interesting is they didn't say any names, but they did commit that there will be some sort of digital experience to watch the, the games and that there would be some games also carried linearly, let's try that six times fast, on national television. So that almost made me think, is, is Apple going to scoop up um, the USL with that kind of statement? I, again, they did not say anything of that sort, but since they weren't, you know, they were very careful in their verbiage to us about not saying a broadcast partner, just the structure of a single system. I don't know many other systems out there that exist like that, who then also have national television broadcast access, if it's not ESPN Plus and they didn't want to say that, like, does it make sense for Apple to come in and scoop up all of the domestic soccer product and just have, be the soccer source of truth? I don't know that that doesn't exist because if it's Apple only, it's that's what Apple loves to do is make things proprietary. I don't know. It will, we'll, we'll find out closer to. I wouldn't mind an, a complete Apple deal because the only reason I have ESPN Plus really is for USL, so I wouldn't personally mind that, but I know I'm, I'm the minority in saying that. Don't besmirch the great name of the Carabao Cup. <laughs> 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 but yeah, no, I, I know what you mean. It would be convenient to have everything in one spot. I don't know, as a soccer fan, I'm just not, I'm not used to that convenience. Yeah, it's like, what was it back in the day? It was like BN Sports, Sky Sports. Then it was like your your pirate stream of one. And then it was, you know, MLS back channel family TV. It, it, it was just all over the place. I still hate that it's on like four networks now that I have to subscribe to. And then surprise, you know, the Open Cup is on, you know, Peacock. Like what? I... I don't know, but it'll be really interesting to see what happens with the rest of these deals. So more to come on that. But for now, as we've said it, that's the current truth. Um, and I feel like 
they wouldn't have given us that information about pursuing local broadcast rights if they were about to make a major market change in, in limiting all of that off. So my guess is it's not Apple. Yeah, it's, it's more likely that they're just kind of ironing out the details there and they just don't want to commit because who knows what happened. Agreed. So what a fun what a fun episode it's been today. We learned a lot about new partners. We learned a little bit about broadcasting. Let's uh, let's educate the listeners on what's going on, and let's let's get out of here. All right, let's just wrap it up here. Then we've got open tryouts in East Providence tomorrow. Then on Sunday here we have the Rhode Island Interscholastic League Soccer Championship. So we got girls on Saturday and and then boys on Sunday. Yeah, it's a whole weekend thing. So some people are going to be stuck watching open tryouts and some people are going to be stuck watching children play and when i say stuck i mean supporting the club but you know let's be honest <laughs> our our grassroots people they have to work the weekends it's it's not all sunshine and roses for that group so yeah so on top of that they've also revealed that with the kit reveal being extended a little bit further out um that that's more than likely going to be exclusive to season ticket members with no cap at this point so if you're a season ticket member you can attend the party uh, for that kit reveal, and um, if you're not a season ticket member, you can't come. So why not become a season ticket member today? And you can still do that by buying season tickets by emailing tickets at rhodeislandfc.com or calling 401-955-7432. So listener questions, we got, we got one, um, and I thought it was ironic because I think since we are recording this live from the announcement of California Taco, I think this person just reached out tentatively and asked, but they also mentioned uh, that we we've a couple times you know mentioned this on the podcast. So, you know this this question is from Greg, and he asks, "You guys talk about food a lot in your podcast, and you like to question where Coach eats, but where do you guys like to eat?" So, I mean, we just were talking about tacos earlier, but but do you want to drop like your number one go to spot for listeners so that they can find you in the wild? Oh man. I'm- off number one spot. I mean, I like to eat everywhere. <laughs> so planet Earth is your answer. <laughs> yeah, food's really good. I don't know if you guys know this. You should try it out. One spot. Do you have a, a, a place you want to? I'll drop mine first, and then you're still got to answer this. You're still on the hook. But uh, for me, uh, I got to go with Honeybird. Honeybird in East Providence is an amazing chicken shop. Uh, they do like they do a southern style like barbecue chicken. Well, not barbecue chicken, but they do a southern style like fried chicken. Amazing appetizers, amazing cocktails. Um, I can't speak highly enough of it, and I really enjoy every time I get a chance to um, to go there or take people that have never been. Yeah, Honeybird's good call out. I just wish their spices was like could feel it more, you know. Not everyone's like you needing to burn the inside of your body when you eat. I don't know. Off the top of my head. Um, I do enjoy picking up a slice of Fellini's and that one time when I just got an entire pizza for free because <laughs> some guy said it was like burnt too much. Like, I don't know what his problem was. It's delicious. Okay. There you go. Honeybird and Fellini's guys. Uh, one's a safe answer. One's a crazy answer. I'll let you decide which one is which. I'll save everyone the trouble of a merch plug tonight. However, uh, there are some new things in the shop. Go check them out. Um, massive shout out to some of the listeners who have been making donations. We got a huge donation to the podcast. We, it was such a big donation. I'm afraid of saying it because it'll either make listeners intimidated that they can't give that much money or they'll think that 
well, they've gotten such a big donation, they never need more. So I'm just going to say uh, thank you to those that you ha have, have done it. If you want your name shared, uh, send, a, send a comment into the website so that I know you feel comfortable with that. And if, there, if you guys want to say anything, we'll read it out as long as it's PG-13. We'll read it out on the podcast as part of the donation effort. So again, thanks for all the support and love from the listeners. Uh, we've got some exciting interviews coming uh, down the road. Uh, Paul Byrne, for the general manager of the uh, Tidewater and the temporary stadium at Bryant, um, we'll be bringing him on soon. And then we're still working with the communications team at Rhode Island FC to, to get Brett Johnson and Mike Parkhurst uh, coming to you soon. So on that note, Jason, where can listeners find us? All right, guys. I need to start practicing my dance moves because we have a TikTok now. <laughs> <laughs> that's what people do on there, right? Uh, I mean, that's what women do on there. I don't usually see men dancing on there. It's just women. Well, it's sexist. Everybody can dance. All right, we've got TikTok at RFC Podcast. We have Twitter at RFC Podcast as well. Fred's at RFC Podcast. Notice the trend here. We've got Instagram at Raising Anchor. Oh, we just broke it. Hey, fun fact. The Instagram, we also own the at RAFC podcast. So there is one picture there that sends you to the real one. If So if that breaks, like we've got it covered, but we do use the Raising Anchor. One day we'll get all of it and we'll just say, hey, Raising Anchor, find us. And then also there's that website you can check us out on www.raisinganchorpodcast.com. What a crazy day. What an episode. Anchors up. Anchors up. <laughs>